Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where we fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. If you've ever wanted to be a real American hero, you've come to the right place. We're talking G.I. Joe. Oh, hey, Ben. Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm okay. The uh, The holidays are over. Um, we're just getting over a couple days scare over this stupid virus going around that's hitting all my siblings, but thankfully doesn't seem to have hit me if uh, if the tests are to be believed. Is it, is it going in like order from oldest to youngest? Because then you're still on the list. You just haven't made it yet. Weird. You know, honestly, there was a scare in my oldest sister's family. Uh, turned out to be nothing. Then it. Then my the next sister did get it, and then the next sister did get it. But apparently, I'm I'm good so far. Oh no! <laughs> Knock on wood. You're a marked man. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about yourself? What you been up to? Oh, just getting fat. I've uh, been eating way too much over the uh, holidays. There's just uh, piles of cookies and candies lying around. And without there being any, like, holiday parties, no one's there to eat them but me. Yeah. Uh, but we still seem to buy the same amount of garbage for some reason. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been sitting around the house and eating high-calorie foods. Yeah, enjoying vacation. Another way to put that is it's been great. It's been a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what, what would be... What would be our G.I. Joe names if, uh, if we had to be... Uh, had to pick them, like... Fat zone. Procrastinator. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are we are talking G.I. Joe. Now, this is one of the pillars that somehow in over two years we have not hit yet. This is a big geek touchstone. The Joes were big when we were young uh, and have been big for a very long time. And yeah, they are definitely uh, a big fandom that we have thus far neglected. There's a couple others of those, too. <laughs> yeah, we gotta hit. We gotta hit those uh, those robots in disguise. I mean, there's the trifecta of the the toy cartoons that dominated at least our youth in the in the mid and early '80s. Transformers, Masters of the Universe, and GI Joe. And so far, we'll have done two of the three of the yeah. the holy trinity. We could call them. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're we're gonna have to. I mean, you have somebody to bring on for Transformers, and I think that's going to be a necessity because. I don't have a lot of history with that property. Oh, yeah? Not a big Transformers fan? No, I really wasn't. Didn't really have any of the toys growing up either. Oh, their toys but were I was, badass. I was a master's head for sure. I noticed that. And G.I. Joe sort of lands somewhere in the middle for me. Like, I enjoyed the cartoon when I was a kid. You know, just like any any red-blooded American boy, you know, in the, in the late 80s. But I am... Um, I don't know. I didn't have many of the toys growing up. There, there was something coming out of like, you know, I was a big fan of of the superpowers action figures that had, you know, f- similar to like the the Star Wars Kenner ones, you know, where they have, I don't know, like five, seven, something, something light uh, with the uh, points of articulation. Yeah, no elbows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was more my jam, and I didn't know exactly what to do with the uh, with the GI Joe figures. You know, like they they definitely had superior articulation, but for some reason, 
like with all those joints and everything, it always looked like their legs were all like twisted sideways and they just looked sort of sort of dumb to me sometimes. You know, really? whereas like when you have that superpowers figure, you know, it's got it's got the the muscular like it's got stature. I think you might have just liked the big bulging muscles, John. <laughs> the big bulging pants muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe did not have big bulging muscles nor cod pieces like uh, masters and superheroes do. Yeah, yeah, that is true. One of the stats I read was in the late 80s, two out of every three boys in America owned G.I. Joe toys. Which yeah. Sounds shocking, except I was kind of surprised it wasn't more than that. I was like, who are these 30% of boys out there that didn't have G.I. Joe's? <laughs> <laughs> You're all, well, how is that not two and three quarters of three yeah. boys? Like, I understand the Amish, but what was everyone else's excuse? <laughs> we were playing with muscle men <laughs> or sports. Yeah, I owned a load of G.I. Joe's. Um, I had like a, a drawer in my dresser that was like my G.I. Joe drawer. Eventually, like I had, you know, vehicles and figures and all kinds of stuff in there. And I slowly whittled it down by destroying them one by one over time. Uh, did not have a collection by the time I reached like junior high. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's by fire or just mm -hmm. twisting them too much so the rubber band in the middle breaks. Yep. Yeah. Making little dioramas of of explosions that, you know, where they were ripped in half and they had little, their little toy guts spilled out and stuff. And <laughs> uh, yeah, they all met terrible, terrible fates. So I think it's safe to say that the, the G.I. Joe that we're going to be talking about most is the real American hero version iteration of it which started uh in you know around 81 ish and ran until about 95 ish yeah that's definitely the one that you know we grew up with yeah and that's that's probably the one that has made gi joe um what it is today you know that that's what people even not from our generation think of gi joe as well i don't know maybe maybe our grandparents think of gi joe as like you know action doll from uh from the 60s yeah. but <laughs> but when you think about gi joe's place in pop culture it's real american hero like that's that's where it starts yeah that's the characters that they keep coming back to you know yeah. when when something new gi joe comes out at least for me i expect it to be from that era you know it should have duke and it should have snake eyes and they should be fighting cobra yeah and if it doesn't it's weird I guess you could still do something where it felt like G.I. Joe, but uh, I don't think they've succeeded in doing so yet. <laughs> no, they've tried. <laughs> and I imagine we'll get more on that later. So I guess if while we're on the topic of toys, uh, I guess we could go into a little bit of G.I. Joe's origins and where it started. As many of these ones in the 80s were, uh, it was all born from a toy. Yeah. Nothing existed before the toy did. It, did. it was the genesis of it all but it wasn't in the 80s it was back in the early 60s yeah uh back in those days barbie was the big thing and uh the what we know now is the action figure did not exist no not no. in name not in uh not in form nothing so boys didn't play with dolls yeah yeah exactly and if they wanted so, to their dads wouldn't let them <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'd probably get whipped for it back then so a man named Stan Weston decided to uh, to essentially make Barbies for boys, but uh, you know you use the military as your as your basis because that's what boys growing into men look up to. Um, you know that's a real man's man. 
I wonder if how this all would have gone if he had gone with like lumberjacks instead. <laughs> GI GI no L L no never mind nope there, there wouldn't actually be, I'm trying to think of this I'm all LJ LJ dude for uh, for lumberjack dude and he passed on it he didn't get it um, didn't want to be a part of it yeah but yeah boys aren't gonna play with dolls who who's gonna buy this thing yeah I mean it it makes sense from back then and uh, and then when uh, when Merrill Hassenfeld was out of town. Uh, a man at Hasbro, Don Levine, was uh, was interested in the idea, and he happened to be passing by uh, some like artists' wooden mannequins with all their different points of articulation, and got inspired to uh, to use those uh, for their doll. For me, I think that's really uh, what made GI Joe the superior action figure. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that knees confused you and you didn't know what to do with them, but uh... no, I knew knees, just elbows. What the hell? Oh, really? Was the elbows that threw you off? Because the knees were the tough part, because they're not standing on their hands, but standing on your feet with all that articulation could be complicated. <laughs> Whereas, like, He-Man had one pose that he could stand in. Yeah, yeah. I loved the articulation, because you could you could put them in all sorts of different ways and have them flinging their arms all over the place and hanging from things. and mm -hmm. They just seemed so much more real to me because of all the joints they had. Yeah, and it makes sense these days. Like, like I, I fully appreciate what it's like. Like the, it's frustrating looking at action figures from even like the the early two thousands. You know, when sculpts started getting really, really good. Like when the Four Horsemen started coming in there, like doing those the second wave of uh, mass, or I guess the third wave of Masters of the Universe. But for that reboot cartoon um, in the early two thousands. And like the sculpts are great, but there's no articulation at all. And so it's, it's hard to go back these days because action figures, you know, like Mattel with their with their uh, Masters of the Universe classics and their DC classics, like those things are fantastic. They're like artist mannequins. The ones with the really nice sculpts because of the detail, like you look at a, a G.I. Joe figure, you know, one of the three and three quarters fi inch figures and uh, like you see rivets and slots and all kinds of shit on there where it has to move yeah and you know if you want a nice smooth good looking sculpt sometimes you have to you know get rid of those but at which point like if it's got like a waist that moves and like arms that move and that's really it like sure the legs move but it can't stand up if you move the legs so do they really mm -hmm. move then you really are just playing with a doll that's that's a doll that's not an action <laughs> figure there's no action in that yeah yeah <laughs> It's just like a really cool Spawn doll. Oh, geez. No kidding. Those McFarlane action figures. That was that was the worst. It's like diorama yeah. playtime. Yeah, they had a pose, but they looked fucking cool. Yeah. So I guess next up, Don Levine took that idea and they got a bunch of like military weapons from like a weapons depot nearby and recreated them to scale. Which is awesome that back in 1961 or whenever this was. You could just walk over to the National Guard and be like, hey, we're making some toys. Could I borrow, like, one of each of your guns? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Pull the truck yeah. around back. <laughs> <laughs> like, no fucking way would that fly now. Yeah, he just shows up with a truck full of military-grade weapons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Don Levine made, these, uh, made all these prototypes and then showed it to Merrill Hassenfeld uh, when he got back into town. And he went for it. Um, and then Stan, uh, Stan Weston, 
who uh, who you know originally came up with the idea of doing a doing a military action doll. He was given the old uh, the old Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster treatment, I guess. You know, he he they he had the option of taking a hundred thousand dollar buyout for uh, for having pioneered the idea, or fifty thousand, and then one percent of the ro- uh, a one percent royalty in perpetuity. And he made the worst business decision ever. Yeah, yeah, what a schmo. He uh, he took the fifty or the the one hundred grand. Yep, which I mean. 100 grand early 1960s is a fuck of a lot of money. That's a shit ton of money. That's not a bad payout. I mean, that's probably a decades salary for a middle class family. Yeah. You know, $10,000 a year was not a bad wage back then. Yeah, you could you could invest that and, you know, I I don't think you could retire on it at that point, you know, if you're a young man, but if that came like right at your retirement age, fuck yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, he, like I said, or like I didn't say, like I thought, (laughs) (laughs) um, he didn't really come up with much other than I want to make a doll based on the army and sell it to boys. Like that wasn't exactly like an exclusive concept. Like if you really wanted to be sleazy, you could be like, no, thanks. We're not interested and wait a year and then come out with something. And all all he had to stand on was like, hey, I told these guys that was a good idea. And be like, oh, yeah. So because he didn't come up with a name. He didn't come up with, you know, the articulation or the design or anything other than I think we could sell dolls to boys if they were army men. Yeah, he came up with a with a pitch idea. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, think, it, I think it, he made it, out pretty well for that. It reminds me of, of the whole discussion of whether or not Jack Kirby should be credited as a creator of Spider-Man because he and Stan Lee had like thrown around an idea for a a Spider-Man. And, uh, and, you know, his designs looked nothing like, you know, what became Spider-Man. That was all Steve Ditko, you know, and there, there wasn't any like Peter Parker or any of the cast or villains or anything at the time. But like, I don't know, I think later on in life, Jack Kirby made some pretty bold claims about being the creator of a lot of Marvel stuff, which I mean, as we, I think we covered back when, when Stan Lee passed away, maybe that. Yeah, like Stan Lee took a lot of credit for stuff that that Jack had done. I mean, there's credit for having an idea and then there's, you know, credit for actually doing something. And I, for me, I lean pretty heavily on doing something. Yes. Because ideas come and go and they don't, they're not worth shit until you do something with them. Yeah, creators create. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's fair. I think, uh, you know, if, he, if he'd taken the 1% and the 50,000 bucks, it would have been better for him. But... You know, if he didn't want to take the risk, then uh, he doesn't get to take the ownership. Yeah. You know, yeah. part of creating is also putting yourself out there and, uh, you know, being at risk of not making anything. Yeah. Okay. And then the next step in creating the legend was a name that he borrowed from an old uh, an old war film called G.I. Joe. Did they get any creator credit? <laughs> I doubt it. I don't <laughs> think they got, they got a 50 grand payout either. Yeah, because GI was like a general term for, you know, veterans. I or, or enlist, don't actually men? know. I don't know what GI stands for. Me either. We, we're, I mean, general we're geeks. Infantry, so maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, because back in the day, there were there were comic books called like GI Combat. Uh, are you looking it up right now? I am. Go computing machines. Because they have like you know the GI Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I doubt that came uh, from G.I. Joe. General issue. 
or government issue. Okay. So that's like the most basic term for a military man there yeah. can possibly be. It's a gov- government issue Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should have led with that up top. <laughs> We're talking government issue Joe. Yeah. I mean, I knew it wasn't gastrointestinal Joe. That's the, that's the only <laughs> other GI I'm aware of. Yeah. So, and it, it was at this point in order to separate themselves from from the dolls where they coined the term action figure. Yeah, in a in a pure marketing thing because they didn't want to be selling dolls to boys. So they they had to be an action figure. It's it, it's a figure that is that can do actions. Yeah. And, and it was a, a lot more articulate than a freaking Barbie. Yeah, yeah, cuz Barbie can just like raise her arm up in there. She she can't even do the do the superpowers or I guess she is kind of on par with uh with Masters of the Universe. Barbie can't even stand on her own. Well, that's true. You need those stands. Yeah, yeah, she's got those you know, the high heels feet. So like you can't just stand a Barbie up. Like it, that's the thing that I think that drove me nuts the most about Barbies. Like you have to be holding it to play with it. Yeah, no kidding. You're like Oh, this this is lean against wall Barbie. Yeah. That's what she does when, <laughs> when she's not playing. This is sit in a car with her legs straight in front of her Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> this is sleepy Barbie. She just lays on the ground <laughs> until she's needed. Yeah, they coined the term action figure and uh, it's stuck. Boy, we still use it. I've, I've heard it a couple times today. Yeah. Action figures are the fucking best. And it's it's weird to think of of what we would call them if they weren't action figures like would it be like posable doll yeah (laughs) dude dolls i don't know that 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 certainly wouldn't fly these days (laughs) dolls for boys and uh they were pretty popular gi joe definitely took off man they you know they always make these things sound dramatic but you know it was a company saver you know like they may have gone bankrupt they always may have gone bankrupt if this didn't work when you look into these things yeah but uh it was huge. They made they made one for each branch of the military to start with and mm-hmm. uh, sold them and kids bought them and boys played with them. And people started copying them and coming out with, you know, army dude or whatever the hell. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the ones that we're not talking about 50 years later. Military Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the most notorious one in there that uh, was Mego dolls, who everyone knows as uh, having like action man and doing the superhero dolls like they were the the uh the boy action doll like kings uh eventually i guess probably probably more in the 70s but um they they copied the gi joe like exactly exactly yeah they they switched out the head um and and gi joe tried to keep that from happening by by putting a scar on the face but they got around that but what they didn't anticipate was a a misprint in the mold on the thumb so the thumbnail was on the bottom of the thumb yeah it's like on the inside yeah so when when they went ahead and just copied the body they straight up got busted it's not an artistic decision like that's a fuck up you both didn't make the same fuck up it's a very specific fuck up and the the ironic thing though is that uh, i think the when they came with the next line of action figures you know the the three and three quarter ones that we all know and love they repurposed Mego action figures from the Chips show. Like they, yeah. they had, they were licensed to Chips and basically took those, their exact figures and like repainted them and like put some clay on them for, 
you know, for what the mold would look like. But that was what they used as the base model for the G.I. Joe that ended up, you know, blowing up. Yeah. Turnabout's fair play, fuckers. Yeah, take that, Mego. <laughs> Did you ever have or play with any of the 12-inch G.I. Joes? No. No, certainly not. I remember hearing about them when I was a kid and thinking that seems really big for a G.I. Joe. And boring. Well, You're like what the what the hell is this this giant doll that doesn't have like a cool code name, a cool costume? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. To to me, it was all about it was about flashy costumes and cool code names. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't have that, but he was still posable. Like he still had knees and and all that, and and he, I mean, he was a soldier. Like it was a simpler time. You had cowboys, you had Indians, you had soldiers. Yeah. Like he didn't you need had cops and robbers. Yeah, he he didn't need fifty different team members. Every month. You know what he didn't have? Bulging muscles. Not interested. I, don't, I never I never took one's clothes off. Maybe he did have bulging muscles on <laughs> there. He probably did not have a ding dong. I imagine they, they, they kept it that way, like with the Ken doll. Yeah, I would think so. Um, but I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that that was just somehow a closely guarded secret yeah, he was packing heat the whole time yeah the original gi joe <laughs> hangs dong if you if you take his pants off and uh then in 78 line got cut gone hasbro stopped making gi joes and it was a dark time indeed then in 81 hasbro brought it back yeah and their main contender was the Star Wars figures. Like that's that is what was cleaning shop at toy stores, and so they decided to to shrink GI Joe down to a more uh, pocket sized, yeah, version. Yeah, the uh, the Kenner Star Wars line was big. In fact, Kenner were the, was the ones who ended up making the Superpowers line in the mid eighties too. Like part of their pitch to to selling them was that they. They they would pair it with a comic book to kind of cheat around the rules, because I guess back then in 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 advertisements for toys you could only have what was it like a like five seconds or some shit of it was of animated footage seven seconds yeah. of animation which I'm pretty sure they've gotten rid of now yeah I don't think that's sure. a rule anymore but uh, but yeah that's all they could have but you could have as much animation as you wanted for a book so they decided to make a comic book of GI Joe solely for the purpose of making fully animated commercials to sell toys to kids. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's so weird to me. Like why why would you have a restriction on the amount of animated time you could have on a commercial? I don't know. They I guess they wanted that maybe they were worried about people selling toys that were nothing like the animation, like getting kids all excited and then they get this, you know, cheap hunk of plastic. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like a balsa wood cut out of of a of a superhero. Yeah. It's like you have to at least show the toy, um, which I kind of get, but uh, doesn't seem like that would be a strategy that would that would breed long term success. Yeah. So. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and then it was at this time where they they for that comic book they teamed up with Marvel Comics, and uh, back then I think it was editor in chief Jim Shooter and writer Larry Hama, who is who is kind of known as like Marvel's father of. G.I. Joe's because he's the one that 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 started coming up with with code names and backstories and um and then Ron Rudat over at Hasbro was the one who was designing all the looks and they developed what we now know G.I. Joe to be or what we love G.I. Joe as yeah the, uh, um, these are all the characters that you know shipwreck and duke and 
and Cobra. Because I originally going into it, like they designed a bunch of G.I. Joe toys, and much like the the old G.I. Joes too, they didn't really have an enemy. You know, I mean the enemy was obviously those filthy Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no one's gonna buy a Ruski action figure. But when they were doing the comic book, you know, clearly you're writing a story now. Like, okay, so who did they fight? And uh, they came up with, uh, I think it was, was it the editor-in-chief that came up with Cobra? Some guy was just like, I don't know, how about Cobra? And they're like, all right, sure, yeah, why not? It, it was Marvel editor Archie Goodwin, R.I.P. He just he just sort of threw it out there. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cobra, why that sounds not? evil. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because both Marvel and DC have like, cult organizations or or characters named cobra so it's it's, it's interesting that they would just cross pollinate like that or, or i mean you know that they would sort of uh cannibalize their own their own ip in a way yeah well i mean that's why it was on top of his head yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then ron rudek went yeah he designed a bunch of the cobra dudes and uh the coolest logo to come out of this whole franchise the cobra logo i fucking love that yeah. thing yeah, the Cobra logo is one of those things like the like the Decepticon logo where it's just it's iconic and it's badass. Yeah, and it's way cooler than any logo the Joes have. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or the Autobots. <laughs> yeah. Like I used to have the Cobra logo on the back window of my truck. Oh shit, I didn't even remember that. Like a big 8-inch sticker of it. It was awesome. Or decal. Oh jeez. It was the only sticker on that truck. <laughs> Well, and suffice it to say, when when they decided to launch uh, the this line of Joes and the comic book, it blew the fuck up. It went gangbusters pretty quick, and they just kept pumping out toys. I was like, I think you were saying like every three weeks they'd come out with a, a, a couple new GI Joes, yeah, and, and they'd work them into the comic somehow. They'd be like, all right, here's the new ones, work them in, and for twelve years thereafter. They just kept pumping out more and more characters and uh, versions of characters. Yeah, and it's it's said that by by the end of the run, there were over two hundred and fifty different GI Joes. That's so many fucking figures, and at least a hundred vehicles. I want to say, holy shit, really? They had vehicles for freaking everything. Wow. Yeah, they had jets, they had hovercraft, they had helicopters. Weird they had... bubble things that the Cobra guys flew around in. Like yeah. A, uh, what is that, like a jet seat? Yeah, a, a mobile <laughs> mobile jet craft. Weird spider things that would walk around. I mean, all kinds of just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. And and then they would try and cram them into the, either the cartoon or the comic so they're semi-relevant because if there's one thing you like to do as a kid, it's see the thing you bought on TV. Yeah, they even threw uh, they they even started designing like the uh, the box art with like real people's faces on it. Like Ron Rudat was uh, shit. Oh, I can't remember who he uh, who he put himself in as. A tunnel rat was based on Larry Hama. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? Like you're coming out with, you know new figures every couple months and, and new vehicles and all this new stuff. Like, why not, you know, like, Hey, cleaning guy, we're not going to give you a raise this year, but we're going to make you a GI Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, where's, where's my 1% royalty. Yeah. And one of the, one of the interesting tidbits that came out of that portion was, uh, the origin of snake eyes. 
Oh, like they were worried about cutting cost and how expensive these were all being. So like, all right, cool. We'll make one. He's a ninja. He's all black. There's no paint. <laughs> There's no flare yeah. on him. He's no, just... no, no pouches and accessories and costume on him. He's just bare bones, basic yep. model. Cause he's a ninja and, uh, fucking everyone loved it. I love snake eyes. Snake eyes was, was loads of people's favorite characters, including me. Oh yeah. Snake eyes is totally the fucking like Wolverine of GI Joe. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I bet it's going to be really hard to guess who my favorite Joe is. Is it Duke? It sure is. <laughs> the Cyclops of G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, and and along that same line, Michael Bell, who did the voice of Duke, was also the guy who did the voice of Cyclops in that old X-Men, Pride of the X-Men cartoon in the nice 80s. Shit. He's got that strong leader voice. And I was also a big fan of uh, of General Hawk. Yeah, I, I I also I also liked that character, but he is also very much the the Cyclops, you know, leader character. But um, what about you? So let's um, I guess we can pivot from the toys to the cartoon because that that was something that that I think touched me more than the figures. Well, yeah, and, and this was about the time that the the cartoon came out. It came out in what eighty three. And uh, I would believe that in my notes, I've got 1980 question mark. Yeah, I think it was 83. So we were one year old when it came out. But uh, boy, was it in syndication forever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, it was on, I think, every day after school when uh, when I was a kid and I would watch it every might have been before school. I don't know. It, I, it was on every day and I watched it just loads. I feel like at some point in our lives, I was watching it before school. Yeah, that 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 does sound familiar. Like I, I have like a distinct memory of like eating cereal and watching Metalhead, like in the later ones, you know, with all of his rockets and stuff going like bang, bang, <laughs> like launching all the rockets out, out of his shoulders and his legs and shit. Very sensible design, that guy. Yeah. Now, when was the last time you went back to watch the original series? Well, I watched two episodes yesterday, so. And was it from like the very beginning? Like, was it the first two episodes? No. So it was, it was, it was near the end of the first run. Okay. Um, cause Hasbro on YouTube has a live stream that's playing GI Joe 24 hours a day and you can just turn it on and watch a random GI Joe episode. What the fuck? Yeah. For isn't... real? Yep. You didn't text me that when you found it out? Holy <laughs> shit. And uh, so, yeah, I tuned into that and watched a couple episodes. I think it was from near the end of the first series, the ones where they have like the the mass device or something they call it that oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. allows them to like teleport and destroy things and yeah, do whatever it needs to do for the cartoon to progress. Yeah, yeah. The, the MacGuffin <laughs> device. Yes. And Cobra's got one. And so Joe gets one and. You know, and, and, and mass is like an acronym. I don't remember what it stands for, but I wish they would have just made it like the P L O T device. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what it was. Yeah. But yeah. So I watched that for a little bit and, uh, you know, it's, it's dated. I mean, it, it, the, the animation quality is definitely not what you expect out of a cartoon these days, even kids cartoons. Um, but that's the same for all these. It still was better than masters of the universe. Yeah, Master of the Universe is tough. It's unwatchably bad. The last time I went to try to watch G.I. Joe from the very beginning, like, I I couldn't do it. Like, it got better over time, 
but those super super early like the the earliest ones are so rough it it's it yeah it's difficult yeah they weren't making a cartoon because they had a great idea for a story and a cartoon it's because they had some toys they needed to sell kids mm-hmm. and it shows uh but it yeah i think it did get better near the end i mean the like i said the animation quality was still fairly low the um voice acting was okay uh and the plot was a kid's cartoon plot but yeah it was good guys versus the bad guys you know yeah. like like the 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 theme song said it, said it all you know that that fight for freedom wherever there's trouble gi joe is there it, like like in that episode destro's got like a bunch of world leaders and he's threatening to execute one every half hour and that kind of i was I, i'd forgotten about that i was like oh wow that's that's pretty heavy for gi joe of course he doesn't execute anyone because no. he literally can't <laughs> yeah that that was that was the rule with gi joe and that that was the thing that even as children we understood seemed silly was zero death in the gi joe cartoon you're shooting lasers at each other you're blowing vehicles up you know and and you know if if somebody's in a tank and it's about to blow up you know you always see the people jump off the off the sides before it does yeah or or like an explosion and then you see you know cobra troopers parachuting down to the ground to safety or or their hang glider gets blown up and they like land on a tree (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there was always the parachutes which is unfortunate like ninja turtles got around it by you know making foot soldiers robots and transformers they were already robots yeah uh, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't make all of like the the vipers robots they made some yeah. of them later but you know they still just kind of clung to it like yeah these are people and we're just not gonna kill anyone ever yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not worry about that. So let's let's run down some of the main Joes. We've already we've already made mention of them. We we had Duke, we had uh, Scarlet. Now, did you think Scarlet was sexy as a kid? Um, I don't know. I didn't really get off on cartoons that hard, so I don't. Oh, man, see, she was there for sex appeal. Oh, she definitely was. I mean, like she was the sexiest Joe. Yeah. Well, I might argue. Are you a Lady J man? I am a Lady J man. That that short cropped hair. Mm. Yeah, I was I was into Lady J. I've always been partial to redheads. Yeah. Well, and, and then on the on the sexy angle uh, over on Cobra's side, there was the Baroness. Yeah, I, I know. I'm I'm sure there's been more than a few uh, cosplay adult films with uh, <laughs> with the Baroness. Destro. He probably has a big metal dick too. Yeah, yeah, big chrome wiener. <laughs> Back on the Joes, we have the super popular Snake Eyes. Um, who do you think belongs in top tier? Like, what about like Gung Ho? Or you mentioned Shipwreck earlier. Shipwreck, he 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 got a lot of airtime on the show. Yeah, you know, um, he was one of the more plain looking Joes. Like he had his like sailor pants and like a sailor shirt. And, yeah, was, and was, a, was he the one that had the vest, or was that Gung Ho? No, he he had like a just like a blue shirt and like the white sailor hat. Yeah, yeah, the little wedge cap. And, yeah, and he had the uh, the bird Polly <laughs> oh, on his yeah. shoulder all the time. And didn't he take a lot of naps? Yeah, that's what the Navy does, right? <laughs> oh, you said it, not me. I don't have any uh, any affiliation here. Now, what about Roadblock? Because like I feel like we always put Roadblock in top tier, but I think he came later. I think I think he did. Yeah, I remember when we, holy shit, I had totally forgotten about this. 
when we uh years ago we wanted to just make a uh a gi joe trailer to a film that didn't exist yeah. like we, we just wanted i remember writing out an entire oh i hope i can come across that script sometime you know because we just had like descriptions of all sorts of little little short things and i remember our, our we had a buddy who was going to play roadblock i was going to do a, a backflip out of a boat as storm shadow i believe and i think kyle was going to be snake eyes and i i don't know i probably would have ended up showing up as duke too but i remember it starting off and we were going to use the uh 9-11 attacks as the yeah. basis of it and like <laughs> I, I I I remember it was gonna be like 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 just have like a bum 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 and then like a news report of like the twin towers have been hit by blah 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 and bum 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 so, terrorist organization Cobra has claimed responsibility for the attacks and then just like an explosion into like the the GI Joe animated movie theme. Wow, I haven't thought about that in years. Even in all of my note taking, it it didn't come back to me until just now. So sorry for derailing the. Uh, the conversation. <laughs> well, the the first run of them too. Like, there's a lot of them that didn't really stick around. Like, a lot of the ones that I identify as the big guys were from you know season, you know the the later, a little bit later stuff. Yeah, like quick um, kick. Yeah, yeah, quick kick. And dusty and, and uh, blowtorch. I remember uh, he had a flamethrower, so that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> and like I mentioned earlier, wetsuit. Oh, I, I remember giggling when, as a teenager at, at Snow Job. <laughs> just because, <laughs> just because the 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 like, how did somebody name that without thinking about yeah. that? Snow Job. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Okay, yeah, Gung Ho is definitely the one with the vest that I was. Yeah, thinking and he's of. got the big Marines tattoo on his chest, right? Yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah, he's a burly mf'er. And then Flint. Oh yeah, and Flint was another one of those characters like duke and hawk you know where he he seemed like a good guy you know or like the the leader type even though he wasn't a leader at all was he the one that that uh that don johnson did the voice of in the in the gi joe animated movie i have no idea oh man listeners let us know you know how to get a hold of us and if you don't send us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com yeah and then another one that i that i always liked when i was a kid was sergeant slaughter Oh, yeah. And part of that was because, like, he was a real person. I remember he was, like, the first, like, wait, that's a that's a person I've seen on TV wrestling before. Like, that, yeah. that's a real-life G.I. Joe. What the fuck? Yeah, and you're, you're like, what, what came first, chicken or the egg? Like, was he a G.I. Joe that, you know, that they spun into a wrestler? Or was he a wrestler that, that they made a G.I. Joe out of? But the latter was true. I just remember it being really neat to see because there was also like the football player guy. What's his name? Um, the, yeah, the fridge. fridge I can't remember his. Uh, yeah, but yeah. as a as like a eight year old boy, I was n- not big into football, but professional yeah. wrestling, I knew a thing or two about. <laughs> yeah, and they they made uh, Rambo into a Joe, however briefly. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know Wait, that. I'm fairly certain. Oh no! Now I have to now I have to check myself. Oh shit! No, I was wrong. There's a there's an article titled "Rocky's Short-Lived GI Joe Career." Oh, that's even weirder. Yeah, I guess Rambo killed a lot of people. You're not yeah. allowed to do that in the Joes. You just got to shoot next to Cobra. Okay, yeah. It says so. Stallone was kind of a big deal. He was a big enough deal that Hasbro decided to follow up their deal with the professional wrestler Sergeant Slaughter by turning Rocky into a member of the GI Joe team. 
The deal was progressing to the point where Hasbro gave the go-ahead to writer Larry Hama and artist Herb, Herb Trimp to add Rocky to a special 1987 Marvel comic book series, uh, G.I. Joe, The Order of the Battle, which listed various members of the G.I. Joe squad. Since the deal wasn't official yet, Trimp couldn't use Stallone's likeness. But there is an actual, uh, wow, really, really silly looking version <laughs> of Rocky Balboa. And there's like a profile for him. And he he was on a cover of, of G.I. Joe Order of Battle. But he doesn't look like Stallone? Oh, it is terrible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then they even came up with a Cobra nemesis for Rocky, Big Boa, who is a Cobra trainer. Oh, I'm going to send you this link right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's literally just running in with boxing gloves. Oh, that toy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Boa. Big Boa. <laughs> he comes with like a speed bag on a stick. Is this yeah. weapon? <laughs> oh boy and uh and a couple of straps across his chest with metal spike nipples and there's like an official retraction <laughs> that came out in one of the later ones oh saying, the character of rocky Bal balboa was incorrectly included as a member of gi joe in the gi joe order of battle issue number two on page 10 rocky is not and never has been a member of gi joe <laughs> interesting in a tweet about like, hey, we're doing G.I. Joe next. I tagged Sergeant Slaughter and was like, hey, what was it like being a real life Joe? You know, come chat with us. He never got back to me. Oh, bummer. Well, it was worth a shot. Yeah. It, that's right? that's the shot we didn't take with Weird Al. Yeah, exactly. Try and get, it'd be awesome to talk to Sergeant Slaughter. We're going to have to catch him at a convention if uh, conventions ever happen again. Yeah, if that's ever a thing. <sighs> um, so, Cobra Commander. Yes. Leader of uh, of of the Cobra organization. A leader in what quotations? He spends a lot of his time <laughs> being belittled and not leading. Like Destro seems to just walk all over him and then you got Serpentor coming in and like, Yeah, he is he is like the king of like the the sniveling coward loudmouth uh leader. Like he's like he's like Skeletor mixed with Starscream. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he, he's definitely got the same voice of Starscream. I I can't remember his name. I didn't I didn't write it down, but he did pass away in the nineties. Yeah, he's he's got the same penchant for bravery too. <laughs> yeah, um, and we've got Destro, who is a a Scottish lord, though you would not know it by uh yeah by the cartoon portrayal. He does not sound Scottish in the least. I always no. figured he was a black guy. Me too. I think I think the skin on his chest, where is it where it's exposed? Like it looked it looked reasonably tan, but I mean, like, yeah, it he it seemed like the cartoon was trying to imply that he was a black man. Certainly not that he was Scottish. Yeah, at all. But uh, you know, whatever. He was big metal headed badass. Uh, he was definitely tough and took no shit. And uh, though he was technically under Cobra Commander, frequently told him to fuck right off yeah yeah and he was the fucking man with that with that medallion that like giant ruby and like that that collar going up like he was slick as shit like no wonder he bagged the baroness that said uh i fucking loved cobra commander's design he's one of like he probably is my favorite character from gi joe like looks wise because mm -hmm. uh he just looked fucking cool i loved the hooded cobra commander 
I was going to ask you, do you like the hooded, like with, with the, with the full blue jumpsuit and the boots and stuff? Yeah. Cause then I, he also had the, like the shiny metal reflective face with like the kind of the tunic or not tunic, but, um, like the zip up jacket in the middle. Yeah, no, I definitely preferred, I mean, I like them both, but I preferred the hood with like the, with all the like military, like he's got like the braided rope on the one, yep. on the and one like shoulder. like the cape hanging from it. Yeah. It just looked like a badass fucking dude. Never acted like it, but he looked no. like it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you saw a picture, you'd be scared to death. Yeah, like this guy's going to talk to him, you would up. not. I mean, he was a bit more of a badass in the comics, I guess, from time to time. But uh, in the shows and the movies, not so much. No, no. And then we had we also had Zartan, who was a uh, he was a master of disguise, right? Yeah, that's what they say. And like it came <laughs> up occasionally. He had like the Australian voice, right? I think so. And didn't he have like like the like those group of like swamp marauders or yep. something? Yep. Of also uh, basically like Mad Max dudes that followed him around. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because if you want to be inconspicuous and be a master of disguise, that's a that's a weird gang to have have following you around. Yeah, unless you pretend they're chasing you to get in places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then we had uh, Doctor Mindbender, who was the uh, the mad scientist of of Cobra. Yep, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about Doctor Mindbender. Know, yeah, or, or Tomax and Zamot. Other than yeah, they were yeah, twins. The, the twin brothers that whose parents must have hated them. Like I, I don't know which one they named first, but either one's a stupid name. But then they're like, yeah, let's just name the other one uh, that name backwards. Yeah, it'd be like if you had a brother named Nodge. Yeah. But it was a very colorful cast. Holy crap. And I mean, if we wanted to devote an entire episode to it, we could probably just like list the names one by one and it would take <laughs> our, our entire like hour and a half. But I feel like we're pushing it already. Yeah. So, yeah, this cartoon was giant and important and lovely, but all good things come to an end. And it did in uh, 1995. The uh, the toy line was canceled. The cartoon was canceled. And um, so I guess it's it's worth noting that uh, that Stephen Hassenfeld, who who had taken over for his father, Merrill, when he passed away, um, died unexpectedly in 89, um, at, you know, fairly early. And his little brother, Alan, took over and basically shelved G.I. Joe. Like he just sort of pushed it to the side and the the team sort of got reallocated elsewhere and it was not a priority and that's when it uh it shuttered in 95 um to be followed by gi joe extreme in 96 extreme well i mean it kind of died in like 86 when you know and deke came in and took over after that and the the deke joe was not quite as good they changed the theme song up Oh yeah, what was uh, what was the one after that, or after the original like plotting, fight for freedom whenever there's trouble? GI Joe is there. You you've heard it, and here we go. Oh, I bet this is gonna like explode my brain. This one. Got to get tough, yo Joe. Yep. Destro was gold. 
Oh, holy shit, I totally forgot about this theme song. Yes, that that one. Uh, which <laughs> I don't like as much, but uh, it's not as bad oh. as some of the ones to come. <laughs> okay, here's the, here's the thing. On, on the topic of G.I. Joe theme songs, I actually really... I have a lot of fond memories of that song because that to me was the first GI Joe song. That was the one that was playing when I, when I really started watching GI Joe as a kid. So I hadn't thought about that in forever because you know, the, the, the theme song from the GI Joe animated movie, which is a take, take off from the original cartoon theme song is so fucking bad ass. It is, it is so good. the best thing in the fucking world. Not just the theme song, that intro. Like that yes. intro sequence with Cobra attacking the Statue of Liberty and G.I. Joe sweeping in and whooping their ass is phenomenal. That is that is the best like animation I've ever seen on G.I. Joe in my life. And I I went back because you know, when I was doing my research yesterday and I was just talking about it and stuff and I and I, I started talking about the theme song to Angelina and of course she, she's never seen it. Well, I don't Jeez. mean to say that, of course, but um, I started singing the song and I didn't stop throughout the entire thing. And she's like, you're really you're really singing the entire song here. And it's just like, yeah, I fucking love it. So I showed her the intro later on, man. And it it fucking like I I mean granted it was New Year's Day and I was I was a little worse worse for the wear yeah as you do and and yeah and when I'm when I'm tired I get a little extra emotional I was watching that that thing was so fucking triumphant like my eyes welled up like like I actually like if I would have like blinked hard a tear would have rolled down my cheek it was so fucking triumphant. Yeah, like, oh, d- yeah, just the song and the visuals and everything like it, it made me emotional, it made me so proud to be a fucking American. Yeah, I don't think anything makes me feel more patriotic than that intro. <laughs> they all end up standing on top of the Statue of Liberty and Duke's got the flag and it zooms. Out yeah, and, oh, they, they've man. got fucking jetpacks. They're they're fucking whooping Cobra's ass and, you know, throwing bombs in it, you know, or, or saving the Statue of Liberty from from bombs, I guess. And um. I remember when we were younger, we were listening to that, to that theme song and we were just like, holy shit, like we have to cover this. Oh, yeah. You know, we'd, we'd play music in your garage. So we went and spent the day like figuring it out, figuring it out on the guitar. And, and then I, I figured out the drum part. And then I remember like, like even just having to improvise because it was two of us doing an entire thing, but like, you know, there's that little like keyboard part that, yeah. that, I, that I had to make with my mouth. I'd like, and uh, man, like we, it would take us probably just as long to relearn that as it did in the first place. But like, I was trying to play it on the guitar yesterday and I, I started figuring it out again, but it was, uh, I pull it out every once in a while and jam it. Cause it's, it's fun as fuck to just play because it starts yeah. with that fucking like driving, like Cobra part. Like, like mm-hmm. it's got like the keyboards coming in and then the, you know, can the world oppose deadliest of foes Cobra. Yeah. Man, it's just fucking and badass. You know, a, a part that, that made me that made me well up too, besides the visuals, was I I just I've always loved how after the second verse, you know, when it goes like this sound the battle cry, and then and then it, it it's like it's like yo Joe, yo, yo Joe. Joe, you know, like it's it's just two random guys yelling yo Joe. 
But one thing I was explaining to Angelina is I love how it's not so perfectly timed to seem fake. Because it's not like it's not like they 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 sound the battle cry. Yo, Joe, yo, Joe. You know, like that. Like that would sound cheese ball, but it's like they sound the battle cry. Yo, Joe, yo, Joe, G.I. Joe. You know, like yeah. it's it's just it's happening in the background. Because they're kicking Cobra's ass. And that's what you say when you're kicking Cobra's ass. It sounds real, you know, and it's, ah, I love it. Like when we figured that song out too, like one thing that took us a little while to figure out was that every verse, it goes up a half step. For yeah. The, key change. Yeah. It, it changes keys every, every, you know, cycle, I guess not really every, like, you know, they do Cobra and GI Joe and then it goes up and then Cobra and GI Joe and then it goes up and then it's just one more GI Joe also up. It just keeps getting higher and higher and higher as it builds. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I would really jam. like to jam that next time I'm up at your place. Oh, we absolutely should. Somewhere around here, I still got the cassette tape that we did the four track recording of that on. But oh, please find that! Holy shit, I want to hear that so bad. I don't. The thing is, I don't think I have anything to play it on because it, it was the old four track recorder, so it recorded on all four at a time. So on one side, it's got two tracks, and on the other side, it's got the two track, the other two tracks backwards. Oh, so if you put shit. it in a normal tape player, yeah, that little play. tape recorder. Yeah. Oh no, was was that like the little blue recorder, or was that like the big box? I think it was a little blue one, yeah, that you put a cassette tape in and it would do four tracks. Yeah. Wow, that was some guerrilla music making back then. Yeah. So we already mentioned G.I. Joe Extreme, and I think that's about all we need to mention of it. The, the only thing I really have to say about G.I. Joe Extreme is that it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember hating it when it came out, and I went back and like had to track some down. It was so not good that they never put it out for home release at all. It wasn't on VHS nor DVD. And that's wild because in, in like the early two thousands, the DVD boom, like everything got a release, everything. Well, not well, G.I. Joe, Joe Extreme. Extreme. <laughs> yeah. It's just dumb. It's just, it's vapid and muscular <laughs> just, yeah. and just not good. The super saturated colors of, of the nineties cartoons, like when they were putting out like Spider-Man Unlimited and the fucking Avengers cartoon, United They Stand, they've, they've got weird color palettes. The shading is so heavy. It's got like these really heavy shadows on everything. It looks bizarre. And I don't know, I don't know how much of that was the, just the crap quality because everything you find is like something someone recorded off TV when they were a kid yeah. and they happen to still have it and they've uploaded it to YouTube. Well, they, they wanted to, it seemed like in cartoons back then, they wanted to do a lot more like dynamic black shading on people like like hard black yeah. shadows of like frank miller comics or something but it really didn't look good with super saturated colors and trying to put it in motion no you know, no it, yeah it did not it, it's it's weird and it only lasted two seasons uh good but they yeah. introduced a new villain they had like the iron claw and cobra was gone and totally new people and uh like we said like, that's not what you wanted out of G.I. Joe. Like, you know who the characters no. are now. They'd already established that G.I. Joe fights Cobra. And, you know, here's the folks in G.I. You can introduce new characters into G.I. Joe, but not all new characters. Yeah. And, and like, the main guy looked like Duke. He looked like a roided Duke. Yep. They had, they had a ninja character that had, like, a crop of blonde hair coming out the top, which... If you just put a full hood on him, he more or less would have been snake eyes. And they, they had somebody that looked like roadblock also. Like they had, a I don't weird, know. They had a weird nineties stoner as their tech guy, like a Bill and Ted kind of guy. <laughs> 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 like, 
oh the caricatures of the 90s and they had a guy they had a, a guy named metalhead that that's the guy that was that that's him yeah, 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 a skinny yeah, guy yeah, with he, long hair he's the tech guy and he's like hey dude but That's he was rocking. very much not the metal head of the old uh, no. the old Cobra organization. Not at all. They should have called him like Dope Head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just dope. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very early 90s. Yeah, and I mean, just to breeze through the rest, because, uh, you know, honestly, this is the point that I kind of checked out from G.I. Joe myself. Like, I didn't yeah. watch a lot. Like, Sigma 6 came out. That was the one that was produced out of Japan. It was like an anime yeah. style one. Uh, it actually aired in Japan before it aired in America, even. And uh, it was on, like, state... Like, I was like, man, I don't remember... I remember this coming out, but I don't ever remember watching it. I was looking at it, it was like... It was on G4, I guess, and yeah. and something called The Hub. And it's like, okay, well, that's not that's not where I went for to watch stuff, generally, <laughs> at that point. I do remember watching, like, the first few episodes on G4 back in the day. Like, I, if, if it's the one I'm thinking of, because it was the anime-style one... And G.I. Joe was sort of like on the run. Like there was a small team of them that were like framed for something. No, that's that is um, Renegades. Oh, oh, shit. Yep. You're yeah, right. That one came yep. out in 2010. That one's actually a lot better. The animation yeah. quality is better. Um, and that that does have like like Sigma six had like a uh, like younger versions of all the team. And I, I didn't really follow it. So I don't know. But I, it does not have it's not held in high regard as far as I know. Oh, OK. And then Renegades, I think, is held in better regard. I watched like the first seven episodes of that this morning with the kids, and they're not they're not bad, but yeah. it's it's much more plot focused. Like it's de- there's you know there's a through story, and that's most of what's going on. And uh, Cover Commander looks dumb. Oh geez, I don't even remember what he looks like. I'll look it up real quick. He's got like a half mask that comes like diagonally across his face, so you see one of his eyes. They they mentioned Destro in it, but I never saw him. Uh, just the, like the Baroness and some other goons. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it, it was okay. Um, it wasn't amazing, but uh, it had some, a lot of a lot of Storm Shadow, um, Snake Eyes history in it. Yeah, they knew what they were what they were doing with that one. They knew what <laughs> what they needed to sell. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then on on Cartoon Network, I think before Renegades, there was like a, a mini series that w- that came out in like five minute chunks on Adult Swim. Uh, oh, really? Called Resolute. That also had a whole bunch of uh, Storm Shadow Snake Eyes stuff. I um, do remember that name. Yeah, and it got like combined into a, a like a little a, like a ninety minute movie eventually. But it was like I think it was ten five minute episodes and one ten minute finale. That's so weird. Yeah, so you end up. I guess it's an hour. You end up with an hour long thing, but it was aired like over the course of months. And I kind of remember like catching the, uh, bits and pieces of that. It's like the uh, the comic strip uh, version of it. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing the uh the like I've seen the DVD box at like stores for GI Joe Resolute, but I don't think I've ever seen any of it. Yeah, and it's pretty good. They do kill people in it. Oh, like, cool. Cobra blows up the USS flag and they've killed fucking, you know, they kill Bazooka and because he was like the head of security and Stor- Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes fight to the death. Like, oh, at, no like at one shit. point Storm Shadow's like going down to like stab him and he like puts his hand up and the sword goes through his hand and then he like moves his hand and breaks his sword like pulls it out and <laughs> starts uh. fighting with the half sword then he it's, it's there's not like blood spraying everywhere but uh and he kills like all the guards on the island where Storm Shadow is he's like fucking breaking necks and blowing them up with grenades and shit it's pretty rad damn I need to go and watch some of this stuff 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember if the whole movie was really good, but I remember bits and pieces. I remember like when I was watching it, be like, oh, Storm Shadow just cut that guy up. Oh fuck, he killed people. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't know how much we we really care to talk about him because you know it 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 had been years since gi joe had been in our lives and then all of a sudden there's a live action movie that comes out oh god yeah i i i thought you know i was like you know what i haven't seen this in a long time maybe i should go back and watch it again and then i uh i looked at it and it wasn't available for free anywhere and i was like i'm not gonna pay four dollars to watch the rise of cobra yeah I, i remember enough of how bad it was and how much i disliked it yeah, Channing Tatum as Duke was a was a bad decision. Uh, throwing a Wayans brother in there was another wa- bad decision. I think that's always a bad decision. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ray Park is Snake Eyes. Like, why not? Oh yeah, fuck you yeah. Know, he he can handle the moves, and it could be anyone under there. The guy that played Storm Shadow was solid. The only except yeah. Snake Eyes had that stupid like molded mouth on his mask. Why did why would you have a fucking mouth on the mask? that doesn't open oh jeez yeah oh, god yeah the, no kidding the character designs in general i mean they were just like generic army men and snake eyes yeah and then they had those those weird like booster suit things where they could run super fast and jump through buses and slow-mo that they used for one scene and then just decided not to use anymore yeah like it was, those seemed like they'd be handy but it it was it was weird and and like the the distinct like even though it was Rise of Cobra so of course but like you didn't have a Cobra commander you had a Destro that didn't have a silver face through like almost the whole movie like yeah. Cobra, Cobra commanders just Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt with like a, a breathing mask on yeah and his voice doesn't sound anything like Cobra commander and Destro <laughs> Destro's super Scottish yeah so I yeah guess they, but. But contrasting that, you've got a Baroness that is not Russian at all, and she used to date Duke? Yeah, and she's Cobra Commander's sister? Ugh. Like, what the But fuck? Sienna Miller looked good in that outfit. But like, why? Why? Just why? Is I think is what I came out of that movie thinking. Like, why would you do this? What? Like, you, you make all these decisions to change all this stuff and then keep, like, Destro Scottish. Okay. Yeah, that's what you decided to keep in. You're going to throw everything else out. <laughs> and then even when he does put on like the Cobra commander mask and, you know, like the, and announce himself as Cobra commander, it looks fucking stupid. Yeah. I don't even remember it, to be honest. It was like kind of like the shiny one, except it had like molded features in it, but not like face features. Like it was dumb looking. I don't know. <laughs> it was wrong. That's what it looked like is. Yeah. Wrong. yeah. Um, so yeah, that thing was a steaming pile of crap. Uh, I went back and like watched the cinema sins oh. thing on YouTube for it to kind of remind myself of the plot. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. That the, I'm glad I didn't pay $4 to rewatch this. Oh yeah. What the fuck is that mask? And why don't I remember it at all? Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> and then after that, they came, you know, they had a sequel, which was, uh, was it Reve- revenge retaliation retaliation. Yeah. And uh, I watched a couple of like clips of it. You know what? I don't think I ever saw that. You did see it. Oh fuck! Well, I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. No, and the only reason I know you saw it is because you saw it the same time I did, and we were at our buddy John's house down in Southern California when we went down for Comic Con that year, and okay. we watched it over there. That was the only time I ever saw it, and I remember not hating it. I I, th- I think I liked it better than the first one. I mean, it wasn't great, but. It felt more like G.I. Joe 
Yeah, look at looking at some of the clips. Like I thought, okay, I might be willing to pay four dollars for that, just because I couldn't remember if I'd seen it. And uh, like the costume design, Cobra Commander. I mean, he wasn't in blue, but he, you know, he was. If you showed me a picture of him and said, "Who's this?" I'd say that's Cobra Commander. Yeah, I'm reasonably certain that's Cobra Commander. Yeah, and one of the things I watched on it was talking about how they, uh, I guess they freaked out because they killed Channing Tatum off at the beginning of the movie, like in the the attack on the GI Joe base. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, the same time that that came out, he had just starred in 21 Jump Street and uh, Magic Mike and something else, some romance movie that I hadn't seen. And so, like, all of a sudden, he was a hot commodity. And they were like, oh, shit, we killed off a star. We can't do that. And so they, they delayed the movie and, like, crammed a bunch more, like, memory crap with him and Dwayne Johnson into it. Huh. And, uh, and, and delayed the whole thing by, uh, nine months or something, nine, nine or 10 months. And Hasbro Holy was shit. pissed because like they'd done a full marketing blitz already. They'd fucking sent toys out to stores that they had to recall back because they couldn't sell them before nine months before the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, worried it was going to fuck buzz up and everything. And it did okay still, but it was, it was a fucking shit show. I think it, I think that movie did about as well as it deserved to do. Yeah. It was definitely campy still. But it's G.I. Joe. Yeah. It's and, be and I I really enjoyed the uh the inclusion of Bruce Willis's character as like Joe whatever. You know, like like he was he was essentially playing like the original G.I. Joe. Yeah, the twelve inch. Yeah, he was just like a a fucking badass, you know. Like that that was a cool addition. It was it was more fun than the original. The original was trying to be cool. The original, yeah, it just felt icky. Yeah. 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 It was gross. <laughs> it's like, oh, what are you, why are you wiping your butt on my childhood guys? <laughs> um, I, I, I think just, just, uh, for sake of thoroughness, I can say this, there were comic books. Yeah. I, I, there <laughs> were read a, a lot of them and I've, I've read bits and pieces here and there, but I never, it wasn't anything I read with the regular. So yeah. Yeah. I never read any of the Marvel stuff. Uh, there was apparently a short lived dark horse, uh, mini or two. Um, with GI Joe extreme and then IDW probably in the early two thousands got the, uh, the license. And I remember reading the first run of that when it first came out. Um, I don't remember who the writer was. I remember the penciler was Steve Kurth for some reason. Weird. I haven't even seen his work in years, but, um, and I remember enjoying it. It, it went, it went right back to the real American hero. You know, yeah. the cool, cool ass J Scott Campbell co- covers going right back to the classic Joe's. Um, but I haven't stuck with it at all. I know they've crossed over with transformers and I'm sure Ninja fucking turtles or X files or some, whatever, whatever, uh, IDW has, there's probably been like Buffy, the vampire slayer meets GI Joe. I don't know. Power Rangers, Santa Claus, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard good things about the IDW stuff, but I've only read like a few issues here and there that I just, I saw and said, Oh, I'll read this. And then I remember it being okay. And like thinking I would read more of this, but, uh, not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like I would, but it's not like I have to right yeah. now. Um, okay. So we've, we've talked some ears off. Uh, what do you say we go take a break? I'm uh, down for that. Welcome to talking shiz. I am CJ. And I am Maddox. And our podcast is like a radio show. We have no certain topics. We talk about anything and everything. And our opinions don't matter. And we do have a pod page. What is our pod page where folks can find our platforms and what we're all about, Maddox? 
I'm glad you asked. As a matter of fact, that is podpage.com forward slash talking without a G uh, dash shiz. And that's where our it's our one stop shop. It has everything there. It has all of our donation links. It has all of the content that we have created, our recent related reviews. And it even gives you where you can find us on different applications such as Google, uh, iHeartRadio, you name it. We're in almost in every single uh, branch of applications out there so please check it out there's even if you want to become an official shizzler we even have merchandise so definitely go there check it out and yeah it's literally the best one-stop shop absolutely and sharing is caring so make sure you guys share 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 we're on twitter and that's talking underscore shiz instagram talking underscore shiz we have facebook we got our pod page we have different platforms apple music spotify what maddox that we are everywhere so definitely check us out and we definitely appreciate you guys listening yes thank you guys and we'll see you on one of our episodes Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere. Hey, welcome back, Ben. Hey, John. I really appreciate you inviting me back on. Yeah, of course. It's, it's my pleasure. You know, I, I think the uh, the regular listeners have come to expect a certain number of voices on this. And uh, <laughs> thankfully, and mine is one of came, them. Yeah, if we came back and it was just mine, they might be a little disappointed, I, I would I would assume. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, structure time, right? Yeah, that's usually what we do. Yeah, so we're going to go into first impressions here, but I'm going to lead my first impression with something that just happened. Whoa, the freshest first impression ever. Yeah, well, sorry, no, I'm something that just happened is going to tie in with my first impression. Ah, got it, okay. So when you played that theme song for me, like it jogged my memory in some way. So when I was a kid, I remembered that uh, that Got to Get Tough Yo Joe song being, you know, the, the G.I. Joe theme song before the other ones took over in my brain. And I didn't realize until you associated that with Deke taking over the cartoon. 
that that was when things changed. Like I always knew in my head that like there was a time when things shifted and snake eyes had a different costume and he had like the vest and, and yeah. he had like blue and like red goggles and, and like a paintball mask. Uh, Destro had a gold head Yep, and, yeah, and like did. a cape and shit like that. And oh, and that's when Metalhead showed up. And, and as I was looking into it a little bit over the break, it was like that. That's when the design started getting a bit more garish and the characters a bit more stupid. And, uh, oh, and Storm Shadow had a different suit, too, where it was, like, white and black. It was, like, kind of white and, and all, it kind of looked like stars on the top or oh, something. Yeah. And then it went into a black suit. And he had a hood, you know, as opposed to just the ninja mask. But And th- those were the designs that I knew when I first went into G.I. Joe. And, um, and I, didn't, I didn't realize that that was, when, that was when the shift happened. And then I had, you know, I had the different theme song and everything. But my first impression, since I don't really remember the first time I saw G.I. Joe, I was trying to think of the first G.I. Joe action figure I remembered owning. And that was, in fact, that Snake Eyes that had oh, that yeah. had the different suit. So even though, you know, I can appreciate a black suit, you know, like, like the black ninja get up with like the grenades going across and the sword and shit, like the classic Snake Eyes look. When I was a kid, I loved that other Snake Eyes design. I remember like trying to put together my own little like ninja suit and like a vest and and I I had like a paintball mask sort of thing that I would put on and you know that that was me dressing up as snake eyes and it wasn't until you know after that where I where I realized you know what all the classic joes were but um yeah that that was that was a weird revelation to me because when I was you know growing or growing up or I guess my entire history until now I never knew what exactly it was that made the change or you know that you know, why they redesigned all these characters. I was going to bring it up earlier, just like, oh yeah. And then they had those redesigns, but I didn't have any context as to when and why it happened. Yeah. And the, the, cause the Deke series was the one that like we were at the right age to see when it was new. Cause it came out in 89, you know, so we were yeah. seven years old. We were a prime audience for GI Joe. 89 was a special year for, for our age. 89 was a, was a good year for even adults. Like there was a lot of good yeah. shit that came out in 89. That was a, this was a solid year. Yeah, I was thinking we should do an episode on 1989 one of these days. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty to talk to. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, my first impression was that Snake Eyes figure. And I mean, I to be honest, I've probably only owned, like, I've probably owned less than 10 G.I. Joe figures. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just, it was not my thing. Like, I, I liked the cartoon, but but the figures weren't my style. They weren't big enough to play with my uh, my bigger figures. Yeah, they'd look like puny little humans. Yeah, once These they got into me- like, you know, the the five five inch figures of of the DC uh DC superheroes and everything, you know, like it, they were different. You just got to play with the superpowered figures slightly further back to give a little bit of depth <laughs> of field. <laughs> well, you know, I could probably dig up some, or find some uh, some GI Joe Extreme and have those play with my current toys. They were they were probably closer to scale. Yeah, I think they were eight inch i want to say were they oh okay yeah they were big i remember them being seeming really large after playing with normal gi joes yeah eight is giant yeah i want to say eight but maybe okay maybe not i, I don't believe know. for some reason i thought they were six inch but i d- i don't actually know and i don't have one on me and i'm not going to google it <laughs> so take that um so, yeah for my first impression it, i mean the first impression i had of gi joe was the you know the cartoon i mean that and and possibly even seeing 
you know, ads for the toys is probably the first thing I saw, but I don't have any specific memory of it. But uh, was just watching the show, like getting up and uh, early in the morning before school and, you know, watching it while getting ready or turning it on. I have a vague memory of like being my mom yelling at me, you know, to go leave, uh, you know, to, to, that we needed to leave the house while watching like the, the image in my mind. And I'm not even sure what episode it would be from is like, like an underwater base with like a big bubble over the top of it and some Joe's in like the foreground behind some rocks. So it was probably a Cobra base, some secret yeah. underwater Cobra base or something, but watching that and her, you know, hurrying me out the door and being upset that I wasn't going to know what happened. <laughs> I was going to say if, if there wasn't like a specific image that, that it was tied to, I was going to say like with your, with your horrible memory from childhood, it probably would have just been like a composite of like the hundreds of times that actually happened. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. like, okay, well I definitely remember that happening at some point. Yeah. And at least two or three of them are probably, you know, actually the same drawing used reused again in another episode <laughs> no shit <laughs> uh but i mean that's really the only specific memory uh other than just the general excitement of wanting to watch more gi joe and get more figures and you know the urban legend that was the uss flag like i remember hearing about it like they made the uss you know they made this giant aircraft carrier and thinking like N you know really okay like i never saw it I never knew anyone that had it. I like, there's mm -hmm. people at school to be like, yeah, my cousin's got that. I, I play with it all the time. You're like bullshit. You do. <laughs> it, it was like the same thing as when we were kids and people would say they beat Mike Tyson's punch out. Like, yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, like, I saw my older brother do it. You probably didn't. No, we, I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, and I've still to this day, have never seen one like in real life, uh, other than pictures of one. And, uh, holy shit, that thing is monstrous. See, I can't remember if, they, like a buddy of mine had an aircraft carrier and I can't remember if it was the micro machines one or if it was the, the flag. And I, I it would, it would probably have to be the micro machines one. Cause I don't think I would forget that. Like I, I those are very different scales. I think the, the USS flag is like seven feet long. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was like huge. just over seven feet. It's like bigger than your fucking dinner table. <laughs> That's insane. I hope some nerd out there has put legs on it and just turned it into his dinner table. Totally. <laughs> I, I I looked on eBay earlier just because I was curious how much they were going for now. Because they were like 200 bucks when they were new, which was a lot of money for a toy in the mid-80s. I want to say like 1200 bucks. So there was a couple different ones. There was one that was used with some parts missing at a screaming deal of $540, but you had to pick oh, okay. it up locally. You had uh, to what? You had to pick it up locally. Oh, okay, yeah. And then there was some like 85, 95% complete ones with box for right around $4,000 forge. And there was a, and there was one unopened box for 9,000 bucks. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> this is like, holy shit. See, so when we were kids, we should have sold it to our parents as an investment. <laughs> <laughs> say, say you win the lottery. Are you buying one of those? If I win the lottery? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, I, I might not buy a, lo a lot else, but uh, yeah, it's like if I've got a few million dollars in the bank, that's definitely one of those things that I always wanted as a kid and never got. Yeah. Yeah. Because you would have a, a burly toy room slash man cave, whatever, oh, yeah. and it would have room for, for that there. With I won the lottery money, I might buy one and turn it into my coffee table. 
Yeah. You'd have to find, I mean, I'm sure I'd, I'd, I'd trust you to do it, but like, you'd have to find a way to reinforce that and like seal it. Yeah. 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 would probably like, yeah. Epoxy all the joints. Cause it came in pieces. You had to put that thing together. It was not in a seven foot wide box. Like it, it might almost be worth it just to like, you know, take measurements and molds and stuff and like recreate it out of like MDF or something like something, something a, a little more stable. Yeah. You could probably like get that clear epoxy that they use for like wood and stuff and just cast it in epoxy, you know, so that it's like underneath a quarter inch of, of clear, like acrylic epoxy. Oh yeah. And then you'd yeah. still see the whole thing and it'd stay clean all the time. And <laughs> Oh boy. Really piss some collector off that you encased it in epoxy. <laughs> oh yeah no shit so john uh favorite uses in pop culture yeah you want to you want to take the lead on this yeah sure do it i dare you so um i was trying to think of something you know you know outside of official canon obviously and uh one popped into mind from uh from back in the days when uh when we used to have a band and that I'd totally forgotten about, and it, it popped into mind, and I went and rewatched it, and it gave me lots of joy again. It is the parody PSAs made by a guy named Eric Fensler. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to find them on YouTube is to type in pork chop sandwiches. Weird. Do you remember these? He was a guy. He, he basically recut and redubbed all of the all of the PSAs from the original. Um, oh, oh, the original GI Joe. Back in like 2003, back in the early days of the internet. That does sound familiar. Yeah, I remember coming across them on E-Bombs World. You remember E-Bombs oh, World? Oh, I do remember E-Bombs World, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I looked it up. It's still a website. Really? I thought it stopped doing the, the video thing. I, they, they did. That's unfortunate. It's, it looks like it's mostly like a clickbait site, like a, like a BuzzFeed or something. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, YouTube worked them over pretty good yeah yeah but basically it was uh this guy named eric fensler uh he was a dude in chicago he i guess he bought like a the gi joe the movie on dvd and one of the special features on it was it had all 35 or maybe just 25 it had some number of the psas and he decided just as a fun thing to screw around with that he would kind of recut them and like redub them with his friends and uh this was like like I said, it was 2003, so this was like early days of the internet. I guess he said it didn't even occur to him to post them on the internet. Yeah, this is this is like I'm the juggernaut bitch days. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like early meme days, early, early. So like he was like showing it at like galleries and stuff, or like he'd go to parties and show people and they'd laugh at him. And uh, I can't remember the name of the gallery in Chicago. He showed it on. They ended up posting it on their website, and their web and it totally crashed their website. Because so many people came to look at it. And that's when they posted it on E-Bombs World and some other website that I wasn't familiar with. But, uh, but yeah, it's basically recut PSAs. They're uh, nonsense and goofy. My favorite one is, is where barbecue, like, it, it's the PSA where, like, the kids are in bed and the house is on fire and they go to, like, touch the doorknob and barbecue comes through the window and, like, tells them, you know, go out the window. There's a fire over there. But it's recut to him coming in and like making a bunch of gibberish noises, and the kids look all confused and weird. And then he like vaporizes one of them. And the other oh one, no! Like, the other one like looks back and forth, and he vaporizes them. It's just <laughs> they are they are not funny at all for me to sit here and explain to you. What oh, okay. In them, they're like nonsense silliness. So we're looking for pork chop sandwich. Yeah, if you if you go, go like GI Joe pork chop sandwiches, you'll you'll recognize them when you see them. But. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link to one of the YouTube videos with them all on there. 
uh, in the show notes so people can uh, peruse them. Hasbro actually sent him a, a cease and desist order after they were oh, posted on Ebonks World because they blew up. And they did. They pulled them off, but then they ended up, like, other people started uploading them to YouTube a few years later, and Hasbro gave up. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, like Justin Roiland with that House of Cosby's show. Yeah. Like, he he did, like, four or five episodes, and they were great, and then got a cease and desist from, from the people of Bill Cosby. Yeah, back when people th- thought they had that kind of control. Or back when yeah. they did have that kind of control. They do not anymore. No. And that's good. I guess the yeah. like the the game that they made for G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra, the video game, the the developer actually had all of the voice actors record themselves saying pork chop sandwiches because they were going to put it in as an Easter egg. And Hasbro said, no, don't do that. Oh, fuck off, Hasbro. Because they took themselves too fucking seriously. Yeah, well, fuck off for all of uh, Rise of Cobra, Hasbro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit, that, that, that was something that... I totally spaced on putting in my notes earlier, even though we were going a little long anyway, but there were some G.I. Joe video games. Yeah, I there were. I don't remember any of them being super great or worth talking no. about. I mean, maybe there I was remember, one, but I didn't play it. I can't remember the, like, the subtitle of it, but I, I believe it was the second G.I. Joe game for Nintendo. We spent a few days playing in your parents' garage when we were younger. I remember Kyle brought that around. Yeah, and they were kind of cool because you saw the Joes, but otherwise they were pretty bog standard video games. There was nothing, yeah. nothing mold breaking there. If there was like a Contra game that was skinned like a GI Joe game, yeah. I would love it. Um, well, my favorite use in pop culture actually is the very reason why I suggested that we that we do GI Joe because I mean th- this has been on the back burner for a while and is just sort of waiting for the right time. But I saw something the other day that I was like, fuck. Just because this is my favorite use in pop culture, I'm going to suggest doing this. Um, I was watching a uh, an episode of a of a sitcom that was that was titled GI Jeff, which was uh, season five, episode eleven of the show Community. Community is known for doing wacky, off the wall things with their paintball episodes. Then they 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 had the one where Abed had a psychotic break around Christmas, and they were all uh, claymation like the. Uh, like the old what's its Christmas movies. I can't remember the, the, oh, Rank- the name Rankin of the and guys. Bass. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this one, uh, I guess Jeff is the one who on his 40th birthday, he, he drinks a bunch and takes some pills and ends up kind of in a, in a coma. So you're in Jeff's head, but the entire episode until the very end is played out as an episode of GI Joe with all of them in it. <laughs> and, it like it it starts off in the beginning like they you know they're all going out there fighting cobra and then they blow up a, a a craft that destro's in and he's like parachuting to the ground and jeff decides to just gun down the parachute so he falls to his death and then they throw <laughs> jeff and the rest of them in jail because they're like you can't kill anyone and it is glorious they break out of jail they they make jokes about about um recycling old uh like animation things to 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 save on the budget like they do this little like crack something over the head with a rock bit like seven times (laughs) um they they even got michael bell the original voice of duke to redo his voice as duke awesome uh and yeah i was i was i was like i think that's the original duke cobra commander sounded off and it was off because the original actor died that episode was so friggin' brilliant, and outside of anything that is actually G.I. Joe, that is 
totally my 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 favorite. Like, and season five of Community, man, I wish it would have stopped after that because we're in season six right now, and it is a slog. That's the last season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and and what's weird is like Dan Harmon left during season four, and season four sucked. And then he came back in season five, and it was genius again. And he's he's still executive producing in season six. I I just I have no idea what what they're doing. Sometimes but, you just run out of ideas. Yeah, I think I've only seen it up through like partway through season four. I don't think I've ever seen season five because yeah, I started rewatching it a while, or or watching it a little while ago because I was late to the bus on that one. And yeah, uh, yeah got up into season four and kind of it fell off my radar. Yeah, and I once, back once like Britta and Troy are dating, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And that was a weird, boring season. Oh, Not weird in the good way. To season five, then. Yeah, season five is so worth start it. Start there again. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I I absolutely recommend people go watch. It's Community season five, episode eleven. GI Jeff. It it'll it'll tickle your funny bone if you're a fan of uh, of old GI Joe. Fuck yeah, I'm I'm gonna check that out. Um, so what do we have next? Well, I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah, and yeah, because I was originally going to try to put together, like, I know there's so many Joes out there that there's just fucking wacky off-the-wall Joes that, that you're like, how the fuck did they come up with that? But I didn't I didn't, uh, didn't get around to putting together a list, so and I don't want to just plagiarize somebody else's top ten weirdest Joes. Yeah, I know there's one named Chuckles. Chuckles. He was a, an imposter that worked in, that was like a, a, mo, a mole in Cobra. And in the comics, ended up uh, shooting Cobra Commander through the head. Awesome. Chuckles killed Cobra Commander. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, like, I always, uh, it's it's been one of my running gags, especially when I'm talking about about my luck with women and how, how I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of a wuss, you know, and I'm not the bad boy. Yeah, but I always, I've, I've always said if I, uh, if I was a GI Joe, my code name would be Friendzone. <laughs> that sounds right. So, it, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, do you have a one-word review? Uh, yeah, of course I do. I take that to mean you'd like me to start. Are yes, you, please. You might be implying that you don't. <laughs> I do not. I never have a gosh damn. Uh, one word review coming into this. So uh, for my one word review on G.I. Joe is Cobra. Be- specifically because when we mentioned like we used to play, we used to jam the song from the movie. Like I'd play guitar, you'd play drums and uh, you would do the main vocal parts. And it was my job to scream the Cobra Commander Cobra part. Yeah. That whole interaction with us, you know, jamming out that song and just the feeling of that is is kind of the wrap up for what GI Joe was to me. Like it was just a fun, awesome thing that uh, everybody else knew and loved as well. And, and so like, you know, sitting down and figuring that song out and jamming it out is uh, it's a fond memory of mine that. And uh, honestly, I always kind of liked Cobra, like the aesthetic of Cobra better. Like, yeah. like all of their stuff looked cooler. They had all these rad snakes on everything. They had the cool uh, insignia. Yeah, their uniforms were cool looking. Yeah, yeah, like like a lot of the Joes just kind of look like you know army nerds, and but uh, Cobra, man, even like the the grunts looked pretty cool. Like the the, yeah. you know, the 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 standard Vipers had like that the like the helmet, like the little half mask, and 
Yeah. Cool, like, pseudo-Cobra Commander-looking costumes. They actually look like what everybody looks like these days. They were just wearing COVID masks well before the time. They were just playing it safe, man. They knew what was up. Yeah. And, like, if I was ever to get a G.I. Joe tattoo, it would absolutely be the Cobra insignia. 100%. I'm not going to get go yo joe tattooed on my ass or like the gi joe logo like they, they just yeah. didn't have a cool symbol they needed one and they did yeah. so uh because because of that I'm, I'm going with cobra nice all right well this was not easy for me as you got to see here but i'm sure it'll get cut out so the the listeners didn't get to hear me agonizing over the fact that i didn't have one and i couldn't come up with one so and i said i didn't want to shit one out but i feel like i'm like at least like sharding one out, you know, like, like it's, it's a, it's a wet fart of a word. You're going to have to wipe after this. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got to check my undies. I'm going to go with triumphant. Okay. Yeah. And that's because of, you know, what, I, what I was talking about earlier, like what, what encapsulates what I love about GI Joe is in that GI Joe, the movie, uh, intro, like it's not a credit scene, but you know, the, the opening theme, and the, you know, scaled up animation budget and how fucking fantastic it looks. And it is like triumphant is the is the best word I can use to describe that. Like it's, you know, you have good triumphing over evil. You have, you know, the the fucking awesome new version of the theme song that's still paying homage to the or no, I guess homage is a thing, but paying it would be paying homage, right? Really? Is that I it? I think so feel like that i don't know i might be making that up it's got logic to it it may not be correct let's go with that okay um and the animation is scaled up like to a level that the even the rest of the movie or and especially the series never yeah. you know got to that level just the those those theme uh bits were always so much better even like fucking transformers too um but that thing is just triumphant as shit. And that to me is Joe's at its best. And it's like, you know, minute and a half long or two minutes long. And, um, and, you know, GI Joe in general is just about good triumphing over evil, you know, uh, education triumphing over ignorance, you know, and when we're talking about the PSAs and America kicking ass patriotism. Yeah. 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 Fucking Cobra glog damn terrorist organization. Um, so yeah, triumphant. Yeah, no, yeah, I can dig that. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for uh, blasting at, but not uh, murdering the uh, cobra. Today, <laughs> 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 um, if you want to let us know how we did, you can shoot us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geek Exploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geek Exploration podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore pod. You can give us a call and we wish you would at 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D, like the shit of an orc. And if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, head on over to Podchaser, maybe uh, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five Cobra la 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 review. We still have we still have swag available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com, and our theme song, as always, is "Cruising for Goblins" by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And now you know. And knowing's half the battle. 
G.I. Joe!